many feel a palpable, something that I don't mean you just feel. You feel the presence of the Lord today. He's here, amen? Palm Sunday. How many are excited that it's Palm Sunday? (laughs) You know why I'm excited that it's Palm Sunday? Because I know next Sunday's Easter Sunday. (laughs) Hallelujah. Some good things coming. There's a story that I heard as I was preparing for this I want to share with you. It's about two salespeople. They sold shoes for a living. And they went into this remote village somewhere. And when they got there, they realized that no one in the village wore shoes. Not one single person. Not a man, woman, or child. No one was wearing shoes. So the first salesman got on the phone. He called back to the headquarters and said, Hey, this is the biggest waste of time I've ever encountered. What are we doing here? What a waste. No one's wearing shoes. A few minutes later, the second salesman, he called to headquarters and said, Hey, we just got here, and there's no one wearing shoes. I've got the most marvelous opportunity I'll ever have to sell shoes. No one's wearing shoes. What's interesting about that is how People can look at the identical circumstances, the same exact facts in front of them, and see it totally differently. Totally differently. It's like also dogs and cats. I'm not going to ask for a poll, but I'm sure there's some dog people in here. I don't want to get in trouble if I don't want to take a poll. And there's some cat people in here. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a neutral animal lover, just so everybody knows. I'm not going to pick sides. The dogs look at things and they say, they look at their owner and they'll say, you give me shelter, you give me food, you give me love, you must be God. And cats look at their owners and say, you give me shelter, you give me food, You love me? I must be God. (sighs) Two different ways of looking at it, right? Am I right? I only had one cat because my sister has severe, I mean severe allergies to cats, so I wasn't able to keep it. So I only had one cat in my life, Emmett. Remember Emmett, Mom? Because he went to your house. I know. (laughs) So we found him a home. So... Anyway, I, I love cats and I love dogs, so just for the record. But they look at things completely different. I bring this up because there's only seven days from today, and seven days is the greatest day we celebrate, not the actual day, but we celebrate the greatest event in the history of mankind. That's what we celebrate, Easter Sunday or what I like to call Resurrection Sunday. As a result, talk of God increases in this time of year. Actually, that's statistically proven. Google Analytics even. They see searches and things and and, and talk about the things of God or the things of the Lord between this time and as we get to Easter, increases. That's just what happens. It's every year. 
this world we live in, whatever you think about the march yesterday, I don't have any thoughts on it. I, I'm just, I'm not getting in that. But what I do know is that there are people out there in this world who are looking for things that the world can't offer. They're looking for things that the world can't give them. They're looking for inclusion. They're looking for acceptance. They're looking for a place to belong. And I'm telling you today, like many of you believe, the Easter story, that story of Easter, is the greatest big tent message that we can bring into this world. And by big tent, I mean for everybody. Big enough to include everyone. It is the most welcoming, inclusive, amazing message that the world has ever known. The message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Everyone is welcome. Everyone is invited. Everyone is included. No one is excluded. That's the message of the gospel. That's the message of Easter. That's why we've had this little uh, mini-series of a couple of messages here. Easter for one and for all. It's not just for one. It's not just for a few. It's for everybody. The message of the resurrection is for everyone. There's a lot of people that don't see it that way, though. There's going to be people, maybe even in this room, who don't see it that way. They're skeptical. They're not sure about this resurrection. Did it happen? They didn't see it on YouTube. <laughs> didn't have it. Didn't check in on Facebook at the tomb when it happened. So we're not sure. There's a lot of people like that. I'm not saying there's any of them here, but, but in a group this size, there, there might be some people in here right now that are skeptical, a little bit skeptical about this. Maybe some that don't believe at all in this room is very possible. Some people view that message of Jesus with a skepticism. And, and even what I call for people that maybe believe, they, they view it with a, a sort of a weak need approach, if that's the a, a way of saying it. So, so where, where they lack confidence in it. And they're not, they're not sure of it. You know when somebody can speak and they say something and it just seems like they're sure of it? And then there's sometimes they speak and they talk and maybe when the way they're saying it, it's just not, they're not, it seems like they're not so sure. That, that's what I mean by that. I think there are people like that. Many of those people who are the skeptics, by the way, will be sitting in these pews next Sunday. Do you hear me? Many of those people will be sitting in these pews next Sunday because the number one attended Sunday in uh, the evangelical world is Easter Sunday, whatever day it falls on. That's the number one attendance. Very, uh, actually not really all that close, but a, a reasonably close second is Christmas. Those are the two days that people, if they never go to church, they'll go to church those two days. And of those two days, it's Easter. So number one day. There's a name for these folks. I found out when I was looking at this. I didn't even know this before. Priester. You ever heard of that? Anybody ever heard of the Urban Dictionary? <laughs> I'm learning this stuff all the time. This is a dictionary of slang. So it's not really, you know, real words. Priester, those Christians who only show up to religious services on Christmas and Easter. You better get to church early this morning if you want to see. With all the priesters, it's going to be standing room only. Well, I hope that that is the case. Amen? 
while we're here on earth, there's a judgment day coming. God's not in the business of punishing us. Sin does a good enough job of that on its own. Amen? Let me tell you something. If you're struggling with an addiction right now, and I have. I was addicted to alcohol. I was addicted to cocaine. Yeah, I said it. I said it because I don't care if anybody knows. You know why? Because God healed me through the power of God. He delivered me as instantaneously as I slapped my hand. That's what he did. But I was addicted to it. Hook, line, and sinker. The enemy had a stronghold on me. And let me tell you something. I didn't know if there was a way out. And I thought God was disappointed in me. Yeah, I didn't want to go to church and be around people who were going to be judging me, looking at me, even though I knew all better because I was raised right. I was raised in the things of God. I was raised in a house that worshiped the Lord. And I was in church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, revivals, every other time. Man, I was there. I'd given my life to the Lord straight away. God didn't punish me. I was punishing myself with my sin. You have an addiction or a struggle with sin, you don't need God to punish you because that sin's going to do plenty to punish you. You can apply that to any sin to it. It doesn't just have to be addictions. doesn't matter what the sin is. So what if we started seeing God instead of being seeing Him or those around us or people that we know, as, instead of seeing Him as a punisher, we saw Him as a rescuer. We saw Him as a rescuer. Somebody that's going to reach down and rescue us from wherever we are, it doesn't matter. Maybe people have heard this song, I don't know. Psalms 40, chapter 2, or chapter 40, verse 2. That's what it's based on. Here's how it goes. He brought me out of the miry clay. He put my feet on a rock to stay. He put a song in my heart today, a song of praise. Hallelujah. That's the words to the song. What if you got up every morning and said that? I'm getting up in the morning. I'm getting ready. I'm getting dressed. He brought me out of the miry clay. He put my feet on a rock to stay. He put a song in my heart today, a song of praise. Hallelujah. Say that a few times and you'll get excited. Go memorize Psalm 40, verse 2. He reached down in that pit, it says. He's not a punisher. He's a rescuer. One of the greatest myths I believe about God is that the better you are as a person, or maybe you would say the better you are as a Christian, He loves you more. That's a myth. That's a lie <laughs> perpetrated in my view of the enemy. I'm going to tell you why that's not the case. Here's why it's not the case. That's a myth. Doesn't matter what the works are. Doesn't matter how many people you visited in the hospital. You should do that. Prisons you went to, you should do that. How many homeless people you have, you should do that. That's not it. He doesn't love you more because of that. He loves you anyway. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter who you are or what you've done. He loves you the same. What if you look at it like this? God just loves you, period. God loves you, period. 
I'm going to tell you what John 3.16 says. Probably the most known verse in, in the world. John 3.16 says this. For God so loved the world. Say that with me. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. It's the world he's talking about. Not the ones that have all the certain things that they've accomplished. It's the world. It's all of us. Easter is for one and for all. Jesus did something very specific on Palm Sunday. When we understand this, I don't think that we could look at him the same and even really approach uh, 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 how we approach God in that weak need way that I said, or that lack of confidence way. In fact, as the song said, desperate for you, we should be running to him. We should be running to him. I don't need that right now, that slide. We should be running to him. I want to tell you this too, just really quickly. We have an amazing opportunity as a church, this church, First Assembly, this fellowship. Between this moment today when we leave and next Sunday, we have an amazing opportunity. All based on what Jesus did on Palm Sunday. See, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, just speak up if I'm wrong. I think our hope is, as a body of believers here, that our community knows the message of Jesus Christ. That they know it. That they know that Jesus isn't a punisher. He's a rescuer. They know that that we want them to know that he is the risen Savior. Not somebody who's going to put them in categories or pass judgment. They want to know that his tent is big enough for everybody. That's what they want to know. Don't we want to share that with them? See, Jesus himself said, I didn't come for the sick. I didn't come for the well, excuse me. If he said that, we'd be in trouble. (laughs) I didn't come for the well. I I came for the sick. That's who he is. He's not trying to perpetrate anything on the folks that are making mistakes. He's there to lift them out of that pit. That's what we want our community to know. But some people think Jesus is disappointed and then they stay away. It's one of the reasons they do. So our goal should clearly be, as a church, I believe, that we are going to let people understand the message of Jesus Christ so that they will know him as their personal Lord and Savior. That's the one thing, the primary thing. This week gives us the best opportunity to do this. We want people to know what Easter is. Okay, so I'm going to read to you here from John 12, verses 12 to 16. If you read on the screens with me or in your Bibles, it says this. The next day, the great crowd had come for the festival heard. They had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it as it is written, Do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. At first his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. See, 
Palm Sunday found Jesus on the move. He is working his way into Jerusalem, being received in the most marvelous way, adulation being poured upon him and, and people just celebrating his coming in. They thought he was coming in for a different reason. See, they thought it was something else that was going to happen when he came in. But you see, Jesus knew as he was working his way through all of that celebration and all that adulation, and he is working his way not only into Jerusalem at that point, he knows he's working his way to the cross. He's working his way to the cross, and he knows that. And not only that, you see, the, the story and the things that people need to understand is the cross is not where it stops. The cross is not where it stops. See, Jesus wasn't just working his way to the cross. He was working his way through the cross to get to you. He was working his way through the cross. That was a stopping point to get to you and to get to me. That's Easter. That's the resurrection story. That's what this community needs to hear. That's what we want them to know. Jesus made his way through the cross so he could make his way to you. image that we had up there a minute ago. Jesus is on a donkey. It's the image of a humble king coming in on that donkey. I know in Revelation there's a, another image of Jesus riding a horse. People, I, I had somebody ask me about this and that's why I'm just saying that I, it's not to be confused. There's a, that's, a, that's another sermon for another day. Let me tell you. God is not only not disappointed in you, he made his way through the cross to get to you in humility. He made his way through the cross to get to you in humility. The bottom line is, Jesus made his way to you humbly. Boy, can we all learn from that. All that he was and all that he knew, but it was just humble as he could possibly be. So what does this mean, all this stuff I'm talking about? See, this message is for people in here, I believe, but this message is bigger than that. It's not about what I'm saying. This is this whole thing that I'm talking about here today is bigger than that. What God has done for the people in this room, and I could name a lot of you, and there's most of you fall in this category, maybe some don't, as of now anyway, because maybe you haven't accepted that. Maybe you're not living in that. But for the people who have, who have decided that they're following the Lord Jesus Christ, they know what's happened in their life is enormous. They know it is a huge event that has changed their life forever. What God has done to people's lives in this room is really, in many ways, incomprehensible. As the world looks at it, it is incomprehensible. You can't even figure what it is. That message together is what needs to be shared in our community. I believe that our county, this community, can be an ignition point for an explosion of revival for the gospel of Jesus Christ. I believe that from the bottom of my heart. Yes, applaud. Not for me, not for what I'm saying. Applaud for the fact that that can happen. An ignition point. A fire starter. You know how I know this? Here's how I know it, because we're doing it now. We're doing it right now. Pastor alluded to this just a little bit ago. I want to tell you something. 
This church in Fleming Island, this church here in this little community of Fleming Island here in Clay County, Florida. Look at this slide. There are 13, this is as of 2016. I didn't have the 2017 numbers. It's, it's more than this. The end of 2016, there were 13,023 Assemblies of God churches in the United States of America. That's a lot, right? 13,023. Big number. Now, Pastor alluded to this a little bit, and I might have my uh, number off here by, by, by a, a digit or two. But just bear with me because the, the point is the same. Look at this. Look at that. I'm not going to even say anything. Look at that. Out of 13,023 churches, this fellowship, this group right here, this ministry is in the top percent and a half supporting missions all over the world. You know why I think this can be a fire starter and an ignition point for revival in Clay County and beyond? I'll tell you why. Because we're doing it right now. It's happening right this moment. You cannot even imagine. There's no way to know. All of these mission efforts that we support all around the globe, all of the impact of lives that is happening because that message of the gospel and the resurrection of Jesus Christ is being shared in all parts of the world and being helped by the people in this fellowship. We're doing it now. Praise God is exactly right. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for putting us in a place that's impacting the world. That's not an understatement or an overstatement. That is a fact. We are impacting people's lives for the cause of Christ all around the world. Hallelujah. Man, he said thank you for allowing him to be a pastor of this church. How about that? Thank you, Lord, for letting me just have the privilege to stand up here and speak for a minute to a group of people that are that significant in building the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Man, I'm excited about that. One of the primary reasons this church exists is to share that message. Okay? We have an extraordinary opportunity to do that this week. There are some Sundays that are just easier to get people to come to church. Easter Sunday is one of them, statistically proven. Priesters are not priesters, whoever they are. Statistically, it's the easiest time. Next week is that time. So I'm asking you to do this today. I'm asking you to be bold and invite someone and bring them to church with you next Sunday. I didn't hear any amens on that. I'm challenging you, not me. I'm challenging you. Under what I believe is the leading of the Holy Spirit challenging me to challenge you to bring someone to that service next Sunday. It's Easter. You can go to church on Easter. Anybody can convince somebody to come to church on Easter. Amen, Pastor Billy. Preach it, Pastor Billy. Way to go, Pastor. <laughs> Just, I'm kidding. You can do it. You can be bold. Don't need be weak, need or lack confidence. Is there anybody in this church today that if you got invited or found out about, do you regret the fact that you're here? I think I heard somebody say yes back there. Who was that? Is that you, Terry? No, okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. No. 
So you go invite somebody, their lives are going to be better off. Amen? Okay. Nothing to be ashamed of. Can you use Facebook? By all means, do not just use social media. Use social media. There will be something, I'm going to tell you really quick, on the church Facebook site every day this week that you can share. A little video, a little graphic or something. You can add a little comment. Come join us for Easter Sunday. Come see what God is doing. Uh, let me know if you need any transportation. Let me know if you uh, if you need me to save a seat for you. I'll save a seat for you. But don't just use such a, well, I shared it on Facebook. That's all I need to do. No, that's not it. Does everybody have one of these? If you don't, please see me after the service. i got to talk to you. I don't care if it's this particular one or not, but if you have a cell phone or now what they call a smartphone. It's not, it used to be a cell phone. Yeah, i got a cell phone. i got a cell phone. Now it's a smartphone. But it doesn't matter if you have a smartphone or not. I'm not smart it is, really. But it, if you have a phone, and you don't even have to have a mobile phone. If you have a phone in your house, if you have one of these folks, I promise you, with a little bit of effort and a little bit of follow-up and a little bit of just not one-time calling and thinking, oh, I did my job and that's it, but following up with them and, and, and doing that, if you do that, somebody will be with you next Sunday. Now, I'm not going to judge anybody, and neither is anybody here if you don't bring. I'm not saying that. I'm encouraging you for sharing this message in our community. That's why. Not because it has so we can say, oh, we have a lot of people on Easter. Who cares about that? I don't. I care about souls. I care about people coming to know Jesus. That's what I care about. And I know the best way for them to do that is to be in a place where the gospel is presented to them. And that's what's going to happen next Sunday. That's what's happening today, in fact. So if you've got a smartphone, you can do it. Don't just rely on social media. Call them up. Personally invited. Rob, if you could come. So listen, next Sunday... The trajectory of the lives of thousands and tens of thousands of people all around this world will be changed on Easter Sunday. Because all around this world, there are churches that are doing and encouraging people to do the same thing I'm doing right now. Get people to come and hear the gospel, the message of the resurrection, the greatest message and story ever told. Come get them to hear it. They're going to do that all over the world. And as a result of that, the trajectory of people's lives is going to be changed by the power of God forever. Is it going to be a friend of yours? Is it going to be a family member of yours? Is it going to be someone that you maybe meet at a restaurant, a waiter, a waitress? Could it be somebody at a grocery store? Could it be, but, but, but there's somebody. Is it going to be you? Maybe. By being here. You're going to get deeper and more committed or maybe rededicated. I don't know. The Lord does. But be here. Bring somebody with you. Is it going to change you? Is it going to change your family? Is it going to change your friends? Here's what's going to happen. The trajectory of people's lives is going to be changed forever next Sunday. God can do this anywhere. I know that. But Easter Sunday is a big day, guys. It's a big day. Why together we need to share this message throughout this community because of what God did for us is so big that it has to be bigger than all of us. It has to be bigger than the four walls of this building. It has to be bigger even than Fleming Island. There needs to be a wider net cast. And we can do that together. I believe this. I'm going to say this. I came up with this and it just was speaking to me and I, I felt like I wanted to share this with you. That first assembly... And again, you can correct me if I'm wrong after the service. If 
First Assembly, we want to be a body of believers following Jesus to the places that he leads us. Amen? We want to be a body of believers following Jesus to the places he leads us. And he is leading us, I can tell you, to tell people in our community about Easter. It is an included message for you. It is an accepting message for you. It is for one and for all. The bottom line is that Jesus made his way through the cross to get to you and to get to me. And he's going to make his way to the lives of many, many people next Sunday. The trajectory of their lives will change forever. And as I close, I want to tell you a story about something and how that happened. There was a lady who was invited to an evangelistic rally. And this evangelistic rally was held by a a, a world-renowned, gone to be with the Lord now evangelist, Oral Roberts. And Oral Roberts was a great speaker. He was having meetings all over the country, and they they set up these big tents, and people would come in. And this lady went to this meeting. This one happened to not be in a tent because there was another facility available in a little tiny town called Goldsboro, North Carolina. And in this town, it's not known for really anything except for being the home of Seymour Johnson Air Force Base. And Seymour Johnson Air Force Base had an airplane hangar, airplane hangar that they used to set up this crusade, this meeting. And this lady went and attended. She didn't know necessarily what was going to happen. But when she got there, because of the power of God, because of the message of the resurrection, because of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the trajectory of her life changed forever. And she was saved at that, at that rally. Oh, well, okay, somebody got saved. That's great. Hallelujah. That's what you say? Okay. Well, let me tell you the exponential effect of what God does in the lives of people and how important this is and how much this matters. So she got involved in a church. Happened to be a Pentecostal church. That's great. The evangelical Pentecostal church got involved, met people, started participating, going to services faithfully, plugging in, growing in Christ. And then she wanted to get her son to be involved in that. So she tried to get him along to go, and she did. But he would only go to Sunday school, and after Sunday school was over, he, he cut out. He didn't come into the main church like this. He left back. Because she got saved, she was bringing him in. He was getting, he was, he was, he was in the presence. He was, he was in places where the gospel was being taught in Sunday school. Then one Sunday night, he had heard somebody talking about something in some previous thing that was a little confusing. Life force and revelation and all that. But this, this mom said, Sunday night service. They're going to be speaking about that. I think it'll bring more clarity, maybe help you understand it a little bit better. So for the first time, he went to a church service instead of just going to Sunday school because his mom, who got saved at that, at, that, at that meeting, encouraged him to go. And he did. And guess what? By the power of God and the message of the resurrection and the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, he will save that night. Yes, that's worth applauding. The trajectory of his life changed forever. And I'm not going to tell you all the rest of it, but I'm going to tell you this. Because of that woman that went to that meeting and gave her heart to the Lord because the power
first son to go, and he accepted the Lord, the trajectory of his life changed. As a result of all that, the trajectory of my life changed. You know why? Because that woman was my grandmother. And that little boy was my dad. And as a result of what God did that one time, the trajectory of our lives changed forever. By the power of God, by the moving of the Holy Spirit, by working in power in places that we can't do on our own. He did it. He did it. And as a result of that, I'm speaking to you today, delivered from addiction, and speaking to you under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, because He has anointed me and given me authority to bring this word to you today. The trajectory of my life changed. And now I couldn't even tell you there's no way we'll know that we get to heaven. I believe if we do, we'll know how many thousands and thousands of people through the ministry of my father and through the TV shows that he was on, the ones I was working on behind the scenes, and all of those things, how many people's lives change under the power of God. The trajectory of their lives change forever. Yes, I'm excited about that. And I am telling you that it is a decision that we have to make as a believer, body of believers in a fellowship. Do we want the lives of our families to change? Do we want the trajectory of their lives to change? Do we want our friends at our workplace, do we want their lives to be changed by the power of God? Not anything we can do, but what He can do. Because He made His way through the cross to get to them. That's the message. This community needs, and that's the message that this fellowship can carry to our community, to our county, and to nations as we're doing now all over the world. This is only going to increase, folks. We've not plateaued. We're heading upward and onward and forward under the power of God. Not because of what we can do, but what He can do if we're willing to let Him do it. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So who's that little lady going to be next Sunday? In these seats. Who's that going to be? And whose lives are going to be changed down line of that transformation? Who's it going to be? I'm believing God this week that it's going to be a bunch of people. Are you going to believe God with me for that? I want you to pray with me this week to do that. And while we're doing this, I want you to bow your heads. And there's a person's name or face or both that's coming into your mind right now. There's a person's face or name or both in your mind right now. But who that person is. And I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you as we pray to pray that God will lead you in the right way to get that person to come with you to this place next Sunday. Easter Sunday. There's no other time they'll come if you want Easter. How to do it? There's a little flyer in your bulletin. If everybody does not have a bulletin, pick one up on your way out, please. Or some of these are on the desk. Inside your bulletin, you'll see this. You don't have to use it. Just a little thing to help you. How to invite somebody to Easter Sunday. Just to help. Because I know sometimes people
you that and follow that and use some of it or not use some of it, that's fine. But here's the main thing. Take action on it and do it. And the Lord will help you. The Lord will lead you. And let's pray right now for those people's names that are 